This week on HSG, Ryan returns to join Rich and I in talking about Board Game Geek Con Winter 2018 that just happened. This is a little bit of a longer episode, but these guys got to work. They played something like 13 different games. They played morning, noon, and night. Really uncovered a lot of great games and has some really cool insights about these games. You know, everything from brand new stuff like Keyforge to some old school stuff like Dungeoneer. They really just ran the gamut. You are listening to High Shelf Gaming. This is a show where we talk about board games and role-playing games and gaming conventions. If this is what you're looking for, please keep listening. You can always find us on our website, Facebook group, Facebook page, or on Twitter and Twitch and Discord, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to join the community, and we look forward to meeting you. Quick reminder, we are doing a giveaway. I've got a 3D printed monster, a gray render, super interesting creature and uh, kind of hard to come by, honestly. In order to enter into win, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Once we get to 20 reviews, we're gonna roll a die and see who wins. Hey everyone, David Gillespie is here again with High Shelf Gaming, and as always, I'm joined by the rolling fiasco, which is Rich Wisniewski. Gentlemen, I resemble that comment more than you will ever know, that I am a rolling fiasco of a fun time. <laughs> it has been a rolling thunder fiasco weekend for Daniel, Ryan, and myself. Yeah, and today we are joined, rejoined by our great friend Ryan. Ryan, welcome back to the show, talking about BGGCon. Thank you for having me back to the party. I appreciate it. It's uh, always good to be back. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, and we are, yeah, we're talking BGGCon. You guys were just there like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. My understanding is there was some shenanigans, there was some barbecue, and a lot of games. A lot of games. Yeah. We maximized our game time better than last time. That's impressive because last time, like when you talk about Alcon, it sounds like a relatively, you know, easygoing affair. You get like two games in a day. Yeah. But last time you guys talked about BGGCon, it's like three or four games a day. So what did you guys do this time? Well, I kept notes. We got up to 13 games what? <laughs> in basically like two days. There's a little bit of like a prep day on there. Uh, but it was it was about 13 games mixed in. And that was some that we all knew. And that was some that only some of us knew. And that was some that I don't think any of us knew. And we just nice. So it went really well. Nice. So, Ryan, this year, this is your second time at BGG Con. How was it compared to last year? Uh, it definitely was my second time. I, I enjoyed it a lot more. Because we had a little bit of understanding of what was going on. <laughs> Less time just figuring the thing out. This is more of what, like, oh, what's this? And we kind of like walk into something, uh, particularly the virtual flea market stuff. I did a little bit ahead of time. Yes, that was great. And then the flea market there at the site. That the we bizarre, totally bizarre, bizarre. Time. Yeah, the bizarre. We totally missed that last time. So what is the virtual flea market and what is the bizarre? Like, how? what are those things? Uh, the virtual flea markets, like a lot of other conventions I've been to, where people are going and they post games they don't want, uh, and they have a price for it, and then you can say, "Hey, I'll give you X," or "I'll yeah, I'll take it for that price," and then you go meet up at the convention somewhere and hand the money, and they hand you game, mm. and it works out pretty well. This year, I think there was a little over, uh, it was like six or eight thousand items. I forget which one on that virtual flea market ahead of time like that many games being sold wow considering there was only like three thousand tickets sold for the event that's was a that's, huge number yeah that's that's two plus per person per ticket sold and i'm you know dallas because it's in dallas right bgg con is is hosted in dallas there's a huge gamer community down there it's a big metropolitan area as is so wouldn't surprise me at all that maybe even people who well, i guess to participate in the virtual um, in the in the swap there, do you have to already have a ticket? Or if I'm a Dallas resident, could I have put my games up for sale? I think they recommend you have a ticket because they want you to meet. People meet inside of the uh, event hall themselves. Oh, uh, yeah. So you could organize things outside of it, but a lot of people were like, nope, I'm going to be here in this 45-minute window of a sea of people. Sure. Uh, at least they had organization, organization I've seen 
than uh, some math trades at Origins and Gen Con, where if you if your last or your username started with A, you're on one side, and if you're Z, you're all the way at the other side, and if you're in the middle, you're in the middle. So you at least <laughs> knew where to go in nice. the sea of people to try to find the person you're looking for. Yeah, and that's how they that's how they arranged it. Is like, all right, we're gonna organize you guys some way so that the hunters know kind of where to start looking. Exactly. So you need to know who you're looking for, their BGG handle, and then go, all right, this is where I'm going. I got lucky. The three things that I bought all came from people's like A through C. So nice. I just had to go to one area. <laughs> nice. nice. Ryan's handle is Big Daddy 69. Right. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, I, think, little, I, think, fun, I think you're little, trying to a little fun factoid for the listening audience. I think right. you're trying to cover for your own handle there, Rich. <laughs> the um, okay, and real quick math trade because we've talked a little bit about math trade. Can you real quick describe what a math trade is? Yeah, I actually uh, put stuff in it this time. I didn't get any matches, but the reason it's called a math trade is it uses a computer program to maximize the number of trades of who you give the games to. Gotcha. So gotcha. Like a flash- so. It's so it's like a, it, yeah. it's almost like a matchmaker to say, yeah. all right, Rich wants something from David. David wants something from Ryan. Ryan wants something from Rich. All three swap items and, oh. and you're good. And there ha- there could be no link between us. That's right. Like we did, yeah. we did like this three person link, right? Sure. But with the math trade, it could be Rich wants something from Tom and Ryan wants something from Jim and Jim wants something from David. And somehow it all works out. Ah, everybody's happy. Oh, right. that's wild. That's really cool. This sounds like it's just a mesh of, <laughs> of trading. It's, it's great. There are two different tools that, that are out there right now. There's one in BGG on their website where there's just a, a geek list and you, everyone's just adding stuff in there. And periodically it gets synced up with this second party tool, mm. um, which is the one I actually prefer a little bit. It's not as elegant as the other one, but once you figure it out, it's great. The other one is a website that someone's created that you just put stuff in. And when it's done, it's done. It just instantly does the matching. Uh, the BGG one, and this other third party, they have to download that list and they run it through this program called a trade maximizer and it spits out results and then they repost it. So it's a little more work, mm. but they do it in a way where like, I'm going to put all my stuff in. And now everybody has a week to go figure out what else is in the list and go, oh, I'll take this item and I would trade it for any of these five. And I'll take item B and I'll trade it for any of these six. Well, item C, I might only trade for A, you know, one item. And then it'll actually do it. The other one, when the trading's done, the trading's done. And it's, Got it. Yeah, I so like there's, no, there's no renegotiation or, or, or repositioning of your stuff. You either accept it. Right. Excuse and me, it, accept it or deny it. And what's worse about the other one is that last half an hour, if you're if you're rushing to add something in there, odds are people aren't seeing what you're adding, so that's probably never going to trade. Mm-hmm, Where mm-hmm. if you in the BGG one, which has been around longer, people rush to add stuff out, but then now there's still a week to go parse through what just got added. Yes, and nice. then you can act before it actually runs the does the math thing. So there's all these like just gamer to gamer exchanges going on. Oh yeah, and you know, so we talked about math trade. We talked about the virtual swap. Uh, swap meet or, or flea market yep. and then there's also just one in person where it's like a, a a physical bazaar yes that was crazy it was similar amount of people as what the um, virtual flea market meetup was i know rich just kind of hung out outside when i was like yeah, i'm gonna go in there he's like yeah good luck dude and <laughs> yeah rich is nodding like yeah i'm not going in that kind of room <laughs> and uh luckily uh, for the bazaar, you can't take a backpack and stuff in. Luckily, our our buddy Daniel, he hung outside and protected our backpacks. And Rich and I both went in. I went one way. Rich went the other way. And it's just like this sea of people. And you're trying to look at tables and making some deals and like, oh, I want this. And it's only an hour. Oh, wow. It's an you hour. Have, you, have a, you have an hour to find a thing, haggle, pay, and get out of the way so the guy can sell something else. Exactly. I mean, it's just... So I was, I went in there longer than everybody else. So I was going around trying to figure out what's happening. And then I was going at that last tail minute, you know, that 10 minutes or 15 minutes going, I might like that game. What's uh throw him some crazy offer. And, and I came home with more games than I thought. Of course. <laughs> I saw Steven. Um, um, I saw Steve from our Lego podcast there. Yeah. We are stuck in a crowd. And literally this is the one time in life. I'm like, I am so glad I'm like six one because I was like, 
Uh, just, you know, everybody was at my eyeballs so I could breathe. <laughs> and Steve's a tall guy, too. He's like 6'2", maybe, 6'3". Yeah. And so me and him were like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Yeah, the air's better up here. <laughs> we were like, we were literally like shoulder to shoulder with everyone. Wow. It was crazy. Now, I walked out of there with Sushi Go. I got a, a set of ta- – I got the box for Talisman for $10. The whole game, Talisman, for $10. What? And I got and like after, with the, the base game, the new edition, 10 bucks, yeah, 10 bucks. <laughs> and, the, and Sushi Go was like $5 and it was all just in its little tin. Perfect. Yeah. And I picked up a expert edition, you know, blue box D and D. I didn't have. And that's like Ryan said, uh, the guy wanted one price. I threw down another. We met somewhere in the middle. <laughs> that worked out really well. I, I'll be here. The bazaar was worth going. I, I I felt like I had some good stuff, and there were lots of games. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Ryan, notable notable catches for you. You said you had maybe more than you expected, but what are Ooh, some of the good one? Ooh. Yeah, I, I picked up a little little game called Oh My Goods. I picked out these old um, Dungeoneer card games. It's like a dungeon crawl game. They're about fifteen years old or so. Oh, okay. A bunch of different modules. So I picked up the entire like all but two of them. For fifteen dollars, yes, <laughs> they were fun. That's and awesome. the big one I picked up the Space Hulk uh, card game. That's with, a big one with three out of the four expansions, dude. I picked it up for uh, fifty bucks. Walked oh. by it, didn't realize what it was. When I saw what he had in this, when I saw what he had, I went, "Oh, I saw that." Once he told me what it was, I was pissed. I didn't buy it before him. No kidding. No kidding. Space Hulk is big, is big deal. I, I love Space Hulk. I got the Space Hulk first edition and all the expansions oh my for God. the board game. And I got the second edition and I had the Space Hulk card game, but the expansions are almost impossible to get now Yeah, because Games Workshop pulled the license from Fantasy Flight. Oh yeah. So they can't print them anymore. Right. And so I got rid of my base set, I don't know, a couple months ago. And so now I picked up Picked it up again, but with three out of the four expansions. And I was like, all right, let's do this. This is one of the things that really blows me away. Fantasy Flight will license for anything. They have a Game of Thrones Settlers of Catan game out. Fantasy Flight licensed from Game of Thrones and from Catan. And so we're going to make this combo license deal. We're going to put this out there. You know that license isn't going to last forever, right? So right now you can go to Target and pick up that game for, I don't know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever it is. 15 years from now, that's going to be like maybe a collector's item if it's a really good game, you know? And it's just so funky about how a Fantasy Flight does their business that they license this amazing stuff. They make really cool games and then the license evaporates and they go the way of Netrunner. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's just. You trying to make me cry on the podcast? I, <laughs> I wanted to bring it back. I wanted to bring it back. That's right. <laughs> oh man, that ain't right. <laughs> okay, so great buying opportunities and probably a selling opportunity because those guys, the guy trying to get rid of Space Hulk card game for fifty bucks, that probably sat on his shelf for years. And it's just like you know what, seeing it here is just making me think somebody else needs to enjoy this more than I am. You know, so I mean, like as a seller, that's probably a really good opportunity too to offload a bunch of cool stuff to clearly passionate people. Yeah, he was a motivated seller. He had a sign up saying, um, hey, I'm taking my daughter to Disney World. Help me do it. Yeah. You know, they say these days that um, people want to give experiences as gifts. So right. that makes perfect sense. That's really cool. So, And I'm going to have another experience playing a uh, Space Hulk card game. That's right. <laughs> We did not get to that game this weekend, but uh, sadly, you, you know, speaking of card games, though, we did play Keyforge. Have you heard about this yet, David? So I, I saw mention of it when you guys talked about it on the group, but prior to that, I had not heard of Keyforge. Ryan, give him the lowdown. This is like a whole new thing going on with gaming. I was like, what? Yeah, it's um, it's a Richard Garfield creation. He was one of the designers of the game, Beautiful. which you, you might know that name from other games like hmm, Magic the Gathering and uh, Robo Rally. And, oh, yeah. And a multitude of other games that he's actually done uh, that are pretty good. This game, differences are instead of you know, like Magic or Netrunner, where they're collectible card games or living card games, this is a unique deck. 
So you buy a deck and that's your deck. You can't change it. <gasps> yes. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. So it's a totally different experience to the point where you get a little card in there. that has all the cards in it. You can go online and say, hey, this is the, you know, you can register your deck like I found it. Um, the name, they name the decks. The decks are named unique to so the back of the cards are unique to your deck. No other deck will be like that. It's wow. Really and, weird. and it means that you can't mix your decks because they are labeled as such. Correct. Especially uh-huh. not in the organized play or anything like that. Um, there, I, I watched a little bit about the organized play um, after the fact. Just wanted to see how it compared to Magic or any of the other ones. Sure. And it seems very interesting how they're tracking it from a store level. So if your deck ends up being really, really good, you have like an ELO rating, effectively like a chess thing, where oh. they they track it. So it's harder. Uh, you get penalties, so you get um, handicaps to play your your deck in local store <gasps> level events, and they follow oh. you around from store to store. Now that it, is interesting. So it's almost like um, yeah, uh, uh, like like chess or um, like golf, where you can have a handicap. Yes, that kind of thing, where it, where it tries to balance the field between two players. Oh, uh, the other one that does that is Go. Where I say, "Hey, I'm I'm such a level player. You're a, you're a higher level player than me. I'm gonna get freebie points before the game even starts, just to level the playing field." Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, how'd that work out for you in Japan, there, Mister Netrunner? I got I got schooled. That's how that worked out for me. But still, still, I mean, the, they couldn't invent enough points to, to to deal with the disparity between me and that guy. But it sounds like is that kind of how it works with this card game? That there's a there's a there's a systematic way to say, look, this deck is really powerful. So anybody who faces off against it, depending on their power structure, they're going to be given a certain amount of points or some sort of, you know, some sort of way to level the playing field. Yeah. It's, it's at the local store level only. So oh. it's as you win more, you, it figures out that, Hey, you're winning a lot. So it has this mechanic called chains and the more chains you have, the less cards you're going to draw. So you have a card, um, deficit compared to your opponent and it just makes it harder to actually do stuff now you can take that deck to like a large scale event like uh equivalent to a a magic grand prix or you know those type of large events but those chains don't come with you they Uh it's a large event you find the best deck you're going to compete for really big things it only matters at store level events so you don't just roll in there and crush everybody at your local friendly Friday Night Magic equivalent. I forget what they call theirs. Arcane sure. events, I think. It, it's a very interesting game. Uh, I enjoyed playing the demo of it. Uh, it. It seems like a hybrid between Magic and uh, Hearthstone. Oh, that makes perfect sense. And while listening to people, while kind of at the con, you know, just kind of eavesdropping, because that's how I do. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people just buying decks, getting what's in them and putting them online. So they're buying $10 decks. Would that be right, Ryan? I think they're ten bucks for a deck. Yeah, and then selling them for like a hundred bucks, <gasps> because they are they have the four horsemen in them, or they have the oracle in them, I, and you can't mix and match. So, so you got to sell the whole deck. You got to sell yeah. the whole deck, and there's like, and then you look online, everyone has to cover up the QR code because if you get that QR code, you can register the deck. <gasps> so oh. then there's Wait, a so how, do you, how do you know economy. that the how do you know the deck you're buying is not already registered? What a great question. I don't know. They say untamed in the auction. So I think there's a thing called untamed and tamed. Right. I do remember them saying that in the one thing I watched from the publisher, uh, that uh, tamed means you you registered it online in their system. Oh, yeah. Man, that is an interesting – like just from an IT perspective, like from an a InfoSec security perspective, that is an interesting challenge. Yeah. So How do I just, verify that this is an untamed deck without giving me the key that would allow me to tame it? Right. But yeah, what if you put it for auction, you don't cover up the QR code like a, like a Beninsky, you know, like I would do. <laughs> and then someone registers your deck. Well, the thing is they, can't, they don't have the cards, though. They can't play it. So I'm not sure. Yeah, well, they can, people just want to check. But it means that you, that's now a dead deck. You can't, right? You can't. Well, I can't play it. That person could. I don't know. I don't know how their system works. Oh, man. Know, wild, I now have wild. the physical deck. Can I register it as me? And it removes it from them. I'm going to be very interested to see uh, medium to long term how the game goes. 
to see if tournaments pick up and organized play happens or right or is this going to be one of the a, a fad game or not i'm not sure yeah one of the many that you get a week or two at a store and then you know bupkis right it when the game itself is a very interesting from a publishing pr- perspective too of how do they digitally produce all of unique decks every deck is unique and there's different categories of cards in them, so they're trying using an algorithm to balance them, but hmm. they're digitally printing unique cards. So yeah, they that's... have just amazing. So great game. We we they played it. I watched and kind of enjoyed that. And then we uh, they did a demo in the vendor hall for that, and then we um, went and picked up Trains Rising Sun because I I I love train games, even though I lose, and I never and I always wanted to try this one. And I never, I didn't even know what it was. They both seem to have played it before, right, Ryan? I think, yeah, you, yeah, you guys had played it. So it's a deck building train game. Was that probably the best way to put it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it was a nice little deck builder. You know, it was kind of had a great little system of as you do things, you get waste. And as you have waste, it fucks up your deck, you know, as you're pulling cards or taking up space. Sure. Went really well. I, I think it, it played, it was uh, really fun. I, I think you guys were only, Four points away from winning each other? I mean, it kind of came out pretty close at the end. Wasn't that right? It was a pretty tight game. I didn't record the score, but I remember it being a really tight game that we were super close to each other. So that was good. I like those kind of games. Yes. That's good when when the game allows players to get very close. You know, uh, it's not super based on luck. That kind of stuff. That's really nice of it. Oh, I agree. I don't like playing the games where it's like, that's great, Rich. You got 400 points and I got 30. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he usually goes the other way. <laughs> I know he was being nice. Being nice. It is his birthday this weekend, right? So I yes, that's right. Woohoo! That's right. Yes, I I think that that was a it was a good example of a deck builder train game and one that I was like, oh, I'll play this again. Yeah, I uh, definitely feel that was on a list. Not too sure I'm going to add it to a home collection. I think trains and uh, later we played another trains game that definitely will, I think has a chance of coming into my home collection, but that one was just a good sit down and had a good time, you know, and, and this year with Daniel, there was three of us. So it really made it to where we were our our own little self-inclusive group. Almost we, you know what I mean? We didn't need to pick anybody up and nor did we pick anybody up this year. Oh, interesting. So by having by having one extra person that allowed you guys to just play games, you didn't have to go off and make friends all the time. Because last year you guys met like guys from Europe and folks from other parts of the States. And like you guys were little social butterflies. And this year we were able to ignore everybody. Right. Be little introverts like you are. Just look down whenever they were looking for (laughs) seats taken. Seats taken, bro. I don't remember the I don't remember the girl in Forrest Gump saying bra. Uh, bra. <laughs> I think she did. She probably did. It's just the Rick's uh, add-on. That's, that's right. right. That's right. And then when we got home that night, I made everybody play the Elderon game. Is that right? Did I say the name right this time, Ryan? Close. Uh Fire of Fire of uh, Elderon. Okay, I was the Fire of Elderon, which was the game Ryan hooked me up with last year oh. because he twitched the guys that made it, and we were able to meet them like in their hotel. It was shady. But oh, that's right. Them. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. It's like you were, you you tweeted him. It's like, hey, we wanted to play the game. Like, oh, we're still here. Just our, yeah. our flash booth is gone and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, full circle, man. Way yeah, so we played that at the uh, – again, we had a big sleepover at uh, Rich Casa, and so um, we just uh, you know played that game into the night. Yeah, and that was kind of that's a fun little co-op. What would you call it? A little co-op puzzler because of the way the map blows up on you. Yeah, it's it's a, definitely a co-op. Uh, it's a co-op puzzle. Um, it's like Forbidden Island. There you go. It's hmm. a, the Forbidden Island is similar. They're just different themes. Uh, the Fire of Edoran is more Super NES themed with fantasy stuff. I mean, the box looks like a Super NES box. Nice. Like you bought a game. It looks like yeah. that old game. And yeah, yeah, 16-bit uh, graphics, that yeah. kind of yes, stuff. Exactly. And it copies people. I mean, it looks like uh, clouds in there. And yeah, if yeah. anybody listening to this doesn't know Final Fantasy VII, just quit listening. Just stop. <laughs> Do not listen anymore to us. We're going to go ahead and gatekeep on that and say, We're look, gatekeep- you got you, you to know who Cloud is. If you got to know who Cloud is on Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> if you don't call me, I'll tell you about my 15th level Druid Barbarian. <laughs> 
you can hide amongst yourselves if you don't know and just go Google it and you'll be fine. That's right. That's right. But that leads us into day two because that kind of brought the end. Like I remember I said, you know, 13 games in two days, really. But that was, what were our little three games on that first day? Um, I finally played Power Grid. <gasps> All right. How was Power Grid for you? Freaking phenomenal. Awesome. I Dude, it's a fun game. Like you wouldn't believe because I didn't realize I was playing with Daniel Power Manager and freaking Ryan Electrician over here. <laughs> they like boxed me in like you wouldn't believe. Oh, and yeah. they just they knew all the right plants to get. And I'm over here going, I want nuclear, I want wind power. And they were just laughing. Uh-huh. 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 Like, yep. yep, you can buy that one. Go ahead. Yep. And you're yep. like, I misplayed, didn't I? And I'm like, I don't know, but I didn't buy it. <laughs> Dude, I loved the fact that you trade places in order. I was playing Rick and Morty card game with um, my family this Thanksgiving, and Rob was complaining that he was last to pull. So every time he got to where the cards are on this deck building game, they were already all so expensive. He was kind of screwed, right? Oh, yeah. Boy, that does not happen in Power Grid. You almost want to screw yourself like as the game was over. I said, boy, there's some times you need to hold back to get to the front of the order or the back of the order, depending upon your strategy. Mm. And both of them look at me like, yeah, that's right, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you were in the middle the entire game. <laughs> that's why you were playing. I was monkey in the middle. They just kept flipping <laughs> on me. Who was in the front and the back? But what an awesome feature of that game to compensate for someone being really rich in one thing and, and another pe- person being poor in another. I was, right. was um, you know, was Scythe do something like that too? What was another game we played like that? Uh, Agricola is like that, where Agricola. you where you uh, select starting player. Uh, Puerto Rico uh, rotates who starting player is. So yeah. does Dead of Winter. Oh yeah. But yeah, that whole like turn order thing, and we've talked about it on a, a bunch of games, saying, hey, when you if you want to play this competitively, look at the seating order before you pick your seat. Right. <laughs> pick your neighbors before you start the game, like settlers. Settlers of Catan, I pick my neighbors, man. Yeah. I don't I don't want I don't want the strongest, my most competitive player to play right before me. Right. That's so, just how it is. <laughs> in Power Grid, I'm amazed at all the expansions. You know, Board Game Geek had like five different boxes of all the different maps and cards. So they really have taken this thing to the nth degree. Do you own Power Grid, Ryan? Do you have I that? Do. Yeah. I have the base power grid. I don't have any expansions. So mm. we were looking in the box. I'm like, I don't know what these are. We'll just put these off to the side. Yeah. It's like, so these are not in the base game. Oh, we have the Irish, the Irish cards are in our game. That's right. <laughs> what, how much are the expansions for power grid? Uh, I think they vary a little bit, depending on what it is. Some are map boards. Some, oh, some okay. are additional, like a um, different set of power plants. So if you get sure. tired of the first ones. Oh, gosh. There were some other Ten stuff. Dollars. I didn't even know what they were. Yeah, $10 to $25. Okay. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a healthy computer, range. That's a good range. That's like a that's like a carcassonne, you know? You yeah. uh you get the base game and then you go and get the river and then you go and get, you know, a little a little $5 thing and then a, a $20 thing. Yes. Yeah. And then, then we demoed Archmage. And I'm going to let Ryan talk about this game. I've <laughs> I've watched we, Archmage. I am really interested. Really in, We try not to talk bad about games, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Why don't you go ahead, Ryan? Um, the game itself, I thought was actually kind of interesting. Mm. I, I like the area control. We're going to start with the good here, right? Yep. I liked the area control. I liked the spell components that you needed little guys to, in the right spots to actually get higher level spells. So it is it, had, are you trying to like dominate a map so that you can gain power so that you can be more effective? Yeah. You're getting more resources and. Okay. You get more energy, uh, not energy, you got the resources so you can actually build more stuff and cast other spells. And and you kind of have to build up, like, let's say in your Acolyte Tower, you yeah. have to kind of build up by getting those resources and moving your Acolytes through the levels of training. And every time you move up a level, you lose an Acolyte. So you have to go start another one over. To oh. get to where then you build up enough to go to the next level and you lose another one. And then uh, you got to build up. Now, that's probably all really a great mechanic. I, that was mechanic good. was pretty neat. Yes. Yeah, I like that part. And now comes some problems. Mm. Dude, um, I just wanted to pull my eyeballs out. I couldn't see any of the colors. It was no. like, 
It was oh, like, no. dude, they got so many symbols that don't match. So oh, you know, no. games match symbols with colors. I, no one ever told these guys this. Oh. No, they. So we were also playing the deluxe version. So the deluxe version, all of your cards that you're using are all foiled, oh. and they're shiny, dark foiled. Oh. And we know we're for those that have been listening. Um, rich in colors are challenging. Eight percent right. of the population. Yeah, just, just FYI. And, and dude, like. That means that Rich, you play a card, and everybody else at the table is like, "I don't know if you meant to do that." Yeah, no, no. I, I finally, at one point, they were like, "Dude, I just want to continue." And I'm like, "I gotta go. I, this this game's just making me mad." <laughs> so it's so bad. So that's a problem for Rich. We're Shit, like, he, people that could see colors are having a hard time reading the cards yes. with their little bitty print on them with the colors in the print. And they're like, "What?" And the guy's like, "I'll have to get my special readers to." Yeah. <laughs> So, so those are the, the foil cards. And now there's these reference cards because you're mixing up to three colors in some places. And they have this little circle and this other cir- half circles around it in two different colors. And I'll be I'll be damned if I could figure out where, where the orange and red ones were different on most of them. Ryan just cuts. That's how bad it was. Ryan just cuts. He never cuts. Like, All right. All right. Got so it. That's enough talking bad. We try not to talk bad about games. Look. Look, you you burned how many games in two days? Thirteen games in two days. One of them was going to be a dud. That's right. And, that and, and, and what was the name of this one? One more time. Archmage. 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 Arch All right. Arch. If they could have fixed the colors, it would have made it such a better game. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Because I I love the area control and I love the other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just the colors yeah. just killed it. Yeah. And you know what? A, a, a color fix is a is a quick is a quick spin at Photoshop and another and another print. You know, like that's a solvable problem. Yeah, it is. And then they could yeah. have done some neat things with it. Um, but yeah, to come see, come saw. Right. In the, yeah. in the little French thing. Um, then we went to an incredibly difficult game. Star Trek Flux. Holy. Shit. Oh, man. OK, is this is this Flux the card game with Star yeah. Trek cards? Yes. Oh my gosh. I have played so much flux. How was it for you guys? Loved it. Good. Oh, oh yeah. I love flux. The star Trek, they have the next generation and the original characters. Ooh. We only played out next generation. They just came out a couple months ago. I wanted to try them before I picked them up. Um, I'm planning on getting them around the Christmas time area. I hope. Yes. And yes. I really, really enjoyed it. It felt awesome. It felt, I really felt Star Trek. It, it did a really good job with the theme. It just see that I was about to say. I imagine that the themes of Star Trek would flow perfectly into Flux. Oh, transporter oh. stealing people's character. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the All Borg. When when Rich just uh, folks, Rich walked away, came back, and showed me his Doctor Who and Firefly Flux decks. Also, properties that I think would be really good in the flux system because their whole like okay. rule changey thing and here's the environmental condition and here's the whatever condition like there's I, flux flux themes so stinking well yeah. and that was another pickup by the way because i went man this game's really fun i wish they had a doctor who one and ryan's like they do yeah and i was like do they have a firefly one and he goes they do yeah and i was like i own them yeah <laughs> i'm gonna buy them now and i think i bought them in madness by the way yes that's awesome so uh star yeah. trek they have next generation and the original do they have any of the other um shows no they just have those two but they also have an expansion called bridge crew that lets you play them together oh shit wow. oh shit crossover episode yeah was the mr peanut butter from bojack horseman is this a crossover episode like this is exactly what's going on there that's great the, i don't uh, remember who won i think maybe it was ryan or no it was daniel we've played it we've played it at least twice oh that's right i know um rich had the damn transporter and was trying to steal all our guys and we stole yeah. his transporter <laughs> and then stole all of his guys i just like watching the world burn so right. everybody can make the world burn that's what i'm going for that's right now that leads us to the great euro green game that i never played that i think maybe daniel or ryan picked out which is trans america it is so awesome i bought it for a friend of mine here for the uh for christmas because i i I had no idea what i was sitting down to 
And guys, you literally just lay tracks down between cities and you try and connect your five cities. So you get a deck and you get dealt five cities. And your job is to create train tracks between all your five cities. Oh, and you can jump onto someone else's tracks if they've connected two of your cities by accident. Is is this the one where there's a bunch of triangles across America? You got it. Oh, yeah. This looks like a fun game. And you just lay down tracks. You get two tracks a turn, and everyone gets two tracks a turn. There's no dice. There's no decks. But there's lots of glory. And it is. Ryan, what do you think? Oh, I love this game. A buddy of mine uh, connected me with it earlier this year at a local con here in the D.C. area. And ever since, I'm like, oh, this game is awesome. Yeah, this is a this is a Rio Grande game, right? Yeah. Same guys who did Puerto Rico. Um, we played that four times probably because we got to where we were just throwing down chips like we were crazy. Like as soon as someone laid tracks, the next person's like, bam, 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 and then bam, 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 and then bam, 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 and we were like, dur, 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 and there was no talking. It was just, <laughs> we were just we were, I want to see the minimum amount of moves to win this game. I think we hit it. Really? Oh. We were so efficient. It was, I mean, dude, you got to imagine. I got like Daniel Engineer and I got Ryan Engineer right yeah. with me. So there's like some super efficiency going on in this game. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you're over there making pretty pictures in the West. <laughs> I'm making it say, send me nudes. Right? <laughs> but it looks like a really interesting game. And so you get two tracks and you lay down both tracks every turn. Is that you how don't works? have you don't have to, okay. but you can. Okay, so you can pass and then and then sure. lay down more later. Okay, yeah. But you only oh, you only get two. Oh, you only get two. So you can't you can't stockpile. Oh, yeah. See, that's yeah. Okay, that's a that's important. <laughs> Use oh, yeah. it or lose it would Got be it. a great way to put that. Got it. Got it. So big thumbs up for that. Already bought it for someone else because I I think that introducing them to this is this is also I'm you know I'm I'm such a not super gamer but this is like a Euro game correct Ryan Oh definitely this is Euro big time Yeah so yeah yeah there's no dice No no, no. That, like that that's that's always hit one Are there dice If no odds are it's a Euro game <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna remember that for my little flowchart I'm building Yeah so. <laughs> I can be like I can sound a little bit more intelligent at these events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Delange uh, made this game. I googled it up real quick. You know, Franz Beno Delange. So he's done a bunch of good games. Yes, big Um, big thumbs up for this one. Big thumbs up. Now, next was uh, back at the back at the Casa. We played Dice Born Heroes, which boy did I complain a lot at the beginning of this game, Ryan, or what? A little bit. You're like, oh my god, there's eight million cards. <laughs> You're having flashbacks to Archmage all over again. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you could read these ones. <laughs> Lots of chips. Oh yeah. It felt super OP at first. Like it. it felt like there was. We were just getting our butts grinded into the ground. Was this a versus game or a? Um, Ryan, or a it, 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 Ryan, Ryan, it was a print and play at this time. But go for it, Brian. It's a print and play. I kickstarted it. Um, I don't know, like two years ago. Yeah. It's a little late, and but the game's still <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, it just it was supposed to be delivered. Sure. Initially, the end of last year, and it's looking like yeah. the middle of next year at this point. But. I, the stuff that he's paused with, I've interacted with him. It's been great. He's been improving it a lot. So it needed that time, but yeah. it's a great co-op. Uh, we're working together. There's little quest cards. So you got like a three quest thing, then a boss monster you're attacking. You're rolling dice and like you have your your dice. You can activate your abilities on your guy, but mm. the higher the number you have on your die is the more, you know, the better the powers are but the better chance that the monster is going to hit you. Ah, so it's a risk reward thing. Yes. Cause the nice. monsters each flip over, they have their own deck of a cards from one through six. There's way more sixes and fives than there are like ones and twos. Sure. So when they attack, they're going to be like, Oh, he flipped over a four. Well, anyone that has a, a dice that they use their ability of one through three that doesn't get hit. Mm. Now we start looking for the closest person to four or above. Ah, Someone out of four, so proximity. He Proximity yeah. and risk. Got it. Got it. Nice. Nice. It's really good. And unlike a lot of these games where you start with, oh, your paladin, 
And that's all you are is the paladin, right? Mm. Holy smokes. After every level, you're getting like another character card that is a growth of your character card. And your old character card becomes a flip over ability to your new character card. Interesting. To where I went through four characters by the end of the game. And so every round is a little fresher. And you get a little bit more powerful. And the monsters get a little bit more powerful. Sure. Um, And their little time clock mechanic... Um, with the discard pile really kept us on the clock. I mean, I was pretty nervous. We were just going to lose because of that. So uh, real quick, we mentioned a concept earlier that I don't know that we've covered on the show yet, and that's print and play. Oh, yeah. Uh, This is Ryan's like favorite thing to do. Yeah. Print and play is a really cool movement within the gaming community. Um, Ryan, go ahead and describe it for folks. And I've got a, I've got an add on afterwards. Awesome. Uh, Print and play is an easy thing. Um, A lot of, public or a lot of like kickstarter people they'll actually give you the files to make the game and you go print them out at home cut them out and do whatever like the cards i put in sleeves that i'm mm-hmm. put the backs on them uh i already have like a million dice from other games or you know like what do you do with the tokens with uh the pandemic legacy stuff when you're done with it well hey you know they become life tokens in this game so <laughs> Uh, it's a great way. There's a lot of free ones out there too that people are getting into designing. They're mm-hmm. like, here's my game, try it out. You go print it at home and play it. And right. they're really, really good. Thing of note, if it's a published game, a lot of publishers are giving them out, at least the smaller ones. But if you're looking for the cost analysis, it's cheaper to go buy the game than it is for you to use the ink and print it. Just keep that in mind. And usually the quality, I mean, because when you're printing out of like, you know, paper, you're probably not going to go get nice cardstock. But it's cool because they're they're giving you the graphic files and you've got the rules and you can just make the game happen at home. And I'm seeing another angle of that in the 3D printing community mm. because all of those really fancy chits, you can just, I don't know, spend a couple of hours and have them all printed up. I've got the I've got a bunch of files to augment my my acquire board game. I've got little hotels that sit on top of the acquire markers for the old school acquire game. And so just stuff like that, that the 3d printing community is getting into is immediately feeding into this whole concept of print and play saying, Hey, I have a game where you can print and play, or you can 3d print and play for a couple extra bucks. You know, if you Kickstarter at a high, a slightly higher level, you get the 3d models, um, that kind of thing. That's really cool. It's the same thing. I, this Kickstarter happened to be another five bucks. You got the print and play files. Well, I've been playing it since they showed up, and it's been a great game. I really love it. Nice. Nice. So I started off all PC about getting my butt kicked, but then ended with, hey, that's pretty good, man. There's still a lot of chits on the table. And there's a lot of card <laughs> files, but I'll forgive that. So it kind of worked out well. And this was also, at the end of the day, Daniel had bought these like neoprene plastic rubbery things mm-hmm. that when you connect the edges together, they turn into a dice bowl. Oh, yeah. So yeah, they yeah. go from being just a flat like thing you would put a hot plate on, you know, like one of those like silicone things mm-hmm. to where you click the little sides together and you end up with a little dice bowl. So uh, he hooked us up with a couple. He bought a big pack. Nice. So as we rolled our dice, we now had little dice bowls that can go flat in your bag sure pop them together i guess at all the cons you can get leather ones and you can get wood ones and all that but these are silicone and and they were free so i liked them a lot right <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the right thanks price daniel thank like you daniel <laughs> yeah those are really cool i like the whole um you know flat for transport you know uh, fold into place for use all that good stuff that's you know anything to help help me as a traveling gamer do my thing is uh, is good for me. And that kind of wrapped up day two. So uh, no no clout wars. Luckily, no one had clout chips. Uh, so there was no clout wars in the middle of the night. Was a clout truce between you two? Well, when Ryan's not in the clout war, that's let's Larry Allen. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Going on. <laughs> Origins, it will be alive again. I I'm will sure. get them back. So day three, we started off with a demo. We had all been looking to get this game out of the... Uh, library. They had two mm. copies. We we put our name in the list. We showed up all the time. We checked every time we came in. Too many bones. Yes, I've heard of this game. I'm gonna have to let Ryan explain it. It's it's just it's complicated just looking at it. So Ryan, give it a shot. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's a it's a great little um, 
it's a dice checking game, which is right up my alley. Love dice checking things. Mm-hmm. But it's like not a Euro game. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Straight American. Not a Euro <laughs> game. Go on. Not a Euro. So you have all these, uh, you got these poker chips. It's like you and your hit points. And it's an, an adventure aspect. So you're going through as a quest and you're like, well, hey, you have these two choices. Which one do you want to do? And you, you get to level up as your character. Or you get to, uh, you know, fight whatever. And you're going through this quest. But the dice, the neat thing about the dice is you get different branching dice. So like, oh, if I want to get better at this, then I get by this die and then I go by this one. But if, huh. oh, if I want to specialize my character this other way, then I go down this line and I get this this other die, which has different abilities on it, and this other one. Interesting. So, so there's, there's kind of like a tech tree that you that you that you go down and that gets you better dice for that yes. tech tree. Yeah, like, <laughs> couple, exactly. like a Nintendo games or, you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to get this thing that I can go down and get these next powers. It's doing the same thing. Now you're getting that that die that has those special powers. Like I had a, a ranger and one of them was, well, I get to attack with the one and I can poison them. So they take a point of damage, at, you know, every time and, they activate or I can, you know, they get a bow and I get to shoot them. And all the so, dice are custom, right? They're not your yes, typical so, right. like six, six out of die with six pips and four pips and three pips and two pips. You know, it's like a custom facing on each die. Yeah, custom them screen printed on each die. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And are they are they stamped or is it a screen printing that might rub off with time? It looks like it's not going to come off, but I don't know. Sure. I want to say it looked like it was layered on there. Yeah. Oh. It was pretty like good. The dice all had a a layer on them is what it seemed like. Okay. Uh, now, this leads us to the highlight of the show. The highlight of the weekend was zoology. Really? Did I say that right, Ryan? Did I mess the guy's name up? You say zoography? Oh, zoography. See, I did yes. screw up his game. Sorry, zoography. I called it zoology. Zoography. This is a friend of Daniel's that he knows from the, the uh, Dallas Gaming Marathon group. Hmm. And this just gentleman has been involved in the gaming community um, as um, you know, part of design teams over the years. And this is his second game he's launched. He's a mathematician. So it was really interesting to hear him talk about any problem can be worked out on a game because it's math, hmm. how things go and how things work. And because they literally have tiles, you get tiles to build your zoo. Like he put us into the advanced game because he knew Daniel was smart and he, he, he just could tell Ryan was. And you he just assumed that anybody with Daniel is going to be, yeah. and he have a great he held, matter. He held my hand for a few turns. And so he put us right in the advanced game <laughs> and you get these tiles that are two sided and they have to fit certain ways, like you know where the where the grass is, the grass has to fit where oh, the sure. sidewalk is, the sidewalk. So they worked out all these tile combinations, and then you got to draft animals from the animal pool and build them into your park. And and I, Ryan, go on. This thing is just ridiculous. All the pieces, all the things that are part of this game. Yeah, it's a it's a great little. I don't know. It's a tile tile placement. Uh, you got drafting, so you're drafting tiles as well. And then you got oh, draft, and you have drafting of animals to put in certain areas. So little animals go in certain spots. Large animals need more water. They got to go in their own special spots. And there's this uh, each game. There's like a couple cards. You you shuffle them together to figure out what your goals are, what you're getting points for for that for that actual game. Where it could be like, oh, I need to have my monorail go by. Uh, I know four large animals, mm. or I or I have to have. 10 or sorry five attractions in my uh zoo where like certain tiles have different attractions in them or building your monorails in an attraction or uh there's different things or you got to have well i got to have 12 animals in my zoo and and are each of you building separate zoos or do your zoos touch in the Uh, advanced game they're separate right there is a co-op version where we're all building together as well Hmm. but we played the everybody versus everybody so we had our own zoo sure uh, sure, sure, sure. I think on the co-op, you know, that's we've talked about the alpha gamer before. Yeah. And in the co-op, you could run into that uh, kind of like pandemic. You really need sure. to do this. With yeah. Your yeah. No, I see. You know? that. I see that. And so it, it can't have some of that bleed over. But the objectives change every game. Your zoo changes every game. And 
you know, it's one of those that the tiles make it to where you have another problem you're dealing with is how to build your zoo that you can get everything. And you got to make sure you're thinking of the tiles that are out there and the tiles that you have. And obviously this guy played the game so much. He knew all the tiles. He right, knew sure. what tiles were in the deck still. Right. And so there's even an aspect of that game of I saw Daniel really getting to where he was expecting to see certain tiles so he could finish his zoo in a certain way. And that became something important to him. So I got this because I think my my kid, I think my kids will dig this game a lot. I Thanks. think think like that. Do you know what I mean? They they look at things and they they see spatial um, related patterns well. So I think it'll be a fun game. You know, that sounds a lot like Agricola to, to me. Because Agricola, there's a lot of okay, there's a lot of expectation of what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. And so planning for that can give you a huge leg up. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense yeah. that when you get familiar enough with a game like this, having some anticipation that, okay, this, this tile has got to come up here pretty soon. Cause it's been a bit, um, that that's a, that's a pretty cool thing about a game. I, I like that. Yeah, one then, thing you got to keep in mind with it too, is your, your zoo can only be a four by four tiles. And oh, you, and- oh, can't even get that big. Yeah. My spatial thing make more sense now. You got to almost fit it like tanagrams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's really 12 cool. tiles to place in a four by four square. And if you go over that four by four square, you start losing points, which is big because like a perfect score is like 10 points. So losing any is really punishing. That's I think Daniel awesome. had nine. He was really pissed. That's yeah. He was awesome. close. He was 20 10. He was wanting a perfect game. He was yeah. he was on this. He liked yeah. this game and he was in it to win it. That's kind of cool that, that there's another level of I just want to be good for myself, oh, let yeah. alone what other people are up to. Yeah. Right. It wasn't about crushing me. It was about him crushing the game. And there's no like uh, screw your neighbor? Uh, oh, did well, we talk about that? I, I stole the tile Daniel wanted at the end. But oh. <laughs> so I went first. Yeah, he was oh, not okay. him drafting. Oh, and by the way, the guy worked his colors out beautifully. Awesome. It was all color-based with drafting the animals, but he had worked the pattern through the manual, through the tiles, so I didn't need the colors. Beautiful. So, Beautiful. And, I, and I knew from listening to him that the greens and yellows were blending together and the blues and the purples. And that's what I talked at the end. I said, these look the same to me, but I know they're different colors because you referred to these as blue and those as purple. But these animals are always blue and these ones are always purple. They're always on the card as a legend. Nice. So he, he worked the colorblind stuff out perfect. That's awesome. That's so cool. Big props to him. Now that leads us to another game that I wanted to play that Daniel had played before and totally screwed me with was Tokenakudo. Oh damn! I'm killing this name, Ryan. Save whoa, me! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, you're not. You're too fast. I haven't looked it up yet to spell it correctly. Uh, yeah, Token Tokaido Tokaido. You know this game, right, uh, David? It's the one where you walk like down a pathway on vacation and you're stopping yeah, at yes, spots. yes. It is huge. People love this game. They That's sell deluxe editions. They sell hand-painted minis. They sell little 3D objects that you can collect and take home and you're done playing. I mean, people love this game. And I now know why. Is it beautiful? It was neat. It was very neat. It, you know what? It's a Euro game. There's no dice. You just kind of move down the line. And your job is you're on vacation. And you need to collect the things to get victory points at the end. Do you need to collect stamps? You collect pictures from Okay. The- okay. Okay. So this is this is actually because Tokaido is a place in Japan. Thank you. That's the name. There you go. That's right. the name. Yeah. Yeah. Thank T- you. Tokaido is a place in Japan. And one of the things about Japan is they expect a lot of tourism from within Japan. There's always, you know, people going on two-day trips and all that kind of stuff. And you bring a little stamp book and every place you go on your trip will have a little stamp station. So if you get off at a certain train station in Tokaido, there's a little stamp specific to that train station. And you go and find a little stamp place and you stamp your little stamp book to say, I was here on this day and you sign the day. Right. And then you go to your, you know, onsen, your little place or the, the scenic view. And there's a little stamp station to prove that you were there, that you put into your stamp book. And I almost guarantee you that Tokaido is borrowing from that cultural 
step. You're saying it right there. The, like, let's say the scenes, right? You, there was a they, – they make them harder to collect. There's one that's easy to get that's only three scenes to create the picture. There's one that you've got to go to four scenic views to make the full picture. There's one where you have to go to five scenic views. Yes. The big picture. Yes. So, so, so some of those stamps that I was mentioning, they are, they are cropped in a way that it's clear there's more stamps to go and get. That's it, bro. We, you've cracked the puzzle. You've cracked. Now, everyone knows this. Everyone listening is like, oh, what are these guys? This game's been around since 1982. But Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what was going on. And you had to buy toys and you had to buy shirts. And it was all about being on your vacation. Yes. Which now I'm totally getting another aspect of this game. I did not even comprehend. That's awesome. That's so cool. See, it looks like a pretty game. I've seen so much of it. I've wanted to play it. You guys got to play it? Yes. Yes. It was great. And Ryan, what do you call the play style? I mean, what was that? We were just moving down a line. What was it? Uh, I mean, it's. uh... What would you call it? It's this forward progression. I mean, it's it's Candyland style. It's yeah, um, you, you don't roll. You just we we line up, and the first person moves to the first square they want to go to. So if they go to the first square after the start, well, the second person can only then go to the second square or any other one past that. Uh, and then the third person can only go to the third square. So, so, one so you're all competing to get to the squares you want to get to. But once you're there, no one else can get to that square. Bingo. Co- correct. And the person in the back goes next. Whoever's the last person in the line goes next. Oh, so if you jump ahead to one. Screw me into the little ends because the first one in is the first one is the last one out. So yeah. like there's like four rest stops that are ends. So they would make it to where I was the first one into the end. And I was always the last one out. So I kept missing squares. It was, no. it was great. It was a great game. But I'm no. sorry, Ryan. I cut you off. No, no. It, yeah, so that, that last person's going next. So if you go, oh, I need to go to this thing that's like four squares up. Well, the person behind you might get to stop at all four of those squares until they bypass you. Um, the Firefly Adventures does this too. Yes. So so it if you jump ahead to get that thing you really, really want, the other person's going to get a lot of extra stops to – potentially do a catch-up mechanic or blow pie you in points. Yeah. So you got to balance what you want versus, uh, you know, what's available. And who knows, if you don't take what you want, you might get blocked and you might miss it. Now you got to go even farther down the line. There's some, there's some, you're, you're looking at your, uh, your opportunity cost. Yes. Yes. Yes, This is something I want, but that means I'm giving up this other stuff and I'm, I'm handing it to my competitor. My right. competing tourist, my competing traveling you know, companion. I love the game even more now that I know this story from Japan about it. That's cool. Because it really was, you know, building that scenic view picture. Really cool ideas. That's um, awesome. Now, That's this awesome. was before the Saturday main event. So we still had a little bit of time before the big game giveaway. And then we went into a conference room and we played Dungeoneer. So we bu- we busted out Tomb of the Lich Lord from uh, Ryan's 15-year-old Dungeon Delve card game. Nice. And, dude, it played pretty good. I, awesome. was, I was expecting kind of a eh, kind of play. But what did you think, Ryan? Oh, I thought it was great. I, I like getting to play it with a three-person aspect. And it's really neat that when you're adventuring, uh, as you go through the different rooms, you get – Good energy and bad energy. And the bad energy is what other people play cards to screw you with. It's great. So love it. How do you give yourself bad energy? As as you walk through a different room, it's like, oh, I'm going to I have to go to this other room to complete my quest that I gotta complete. You gotta complete three quests. And as I go to this next room, I'm like, oh, I get two good energy and three bad energy. Then I go to the next one and I get another two, you know, like another three energy and maybe one bad energy or whatever. But as part of the next person's turn, then if they have the screw your buddy cards, you got to play them if someone has the bad energy. Yeah. And it was like, I, I really got done and said, man, this is like that early D&D board game. So, you know, in the D&D board game, you, you, you know, the monsters are controlled by characters. Right. Against characters. Right. In this case, with what you draw. So you, you draw your hand. And if you got bad cards, you got to play them against the people that you're there with. They're doing their quest. You're doing your quest. There's one global quest. Mm-hmm. So all three have to get done. You're two yeah. plus the global. Yep. And you're just throwing monsters at them, just like they're throwing monsters at you. 
it's not necessarily I didn't feel like it was necessarily screw your neighbor. It was yeah, you have was to do more this. Of the D D board game. Yeah. Now, we did kind of pick on Ryan a little bit, and then I found this room that I could just sit in and like ping people to death, like for one point of damage. And so I just started trying to kill everybody that way. <laughs> so it had some fun elements to it. And then, of course, there's a room that lets Rich set the world on fire. Yes. And then right at the end, when I thought I was going to win, Daniel drops this because we'd killed Ryan. And it was so he immediately had to die. And so. Um, Daniel drops his card and teleports my room to finish the game. I was about to win to the other side of the map. Oh, so I was gonna have to walk through like 20 rooms and I just uh. went, F it, you win. Yeah, <laughs> like you won. I'm done. Bye. That is awesome. That's so fun. And that brought us up to the big event. And it turned out there were 3,000 people, there was 45 states there. The one dude from Wyoming that comes did not show up this year. Oh. So they did not have 46 states. And they knew exactly when they had 45, they were like, where's the guy from Wyoming? <laughs> he didn't come. So Wyoming let him down. Uh, 13 countries were present. And they did not talk about how many chicken tenders were sold this year. Boo. I imagine a lot. Yes. It was, it, it was an embarrassing number. That's why they didn't That's mention right. it. And then, and then we wrapped up. We went back to the house, and I made them play the Final Fantasy collectible card game that I picked up at Gen Con. And we wrapped up with, it is simple magic. Is that what you would yeah. say, Ryan? It's a simple magic game. Seems like it. With the powers that are like, instead of like 1, 2, and 3, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Right, right, <laughs> 1, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you make it epic. And it's epic level. And it had great art. So that's really why I bought it. It has some beautiful art. That's cool. So maybe I'll play. make you play it at Gen Con. And then we wrapped up all of our festivities with one last game. Sushi Go. <laughs> all the way from the very beginning. You picked up Sushi Go and you've been waiting. You've been holding on to this I've little. I've been holding that and I say, guys, I just need to know how to play. Let's do it. And then I started to bust out a flux and they both were like, F that. I'm going to bed. <laughs> so how does Sushi go? How did it play? Ryan? It's a, I mean, it's, we're, we're drafting sushi cards. So it's a good drafting, a card drafting game where uh, we have, I forget how many we had. I think it was nine for the three of us. So you yeah. pick one card out of your hand and it's like, oh, I'm going to draft this one. And you're passing yep. them around. Like you move left, it? right, left. Yep. Yep. And if what patterns you got out of there is where you got your score from. It's like, oh, I got, you know, wasabi and then this, uh, you know, nigiri to go with it. So the wasabi doubled the nigiri. So I got more points. Right. But, yeah. Know, and it's one of those things that like when you're passing your hand, you're probably not going to see any of those cards again. That's right. I mean, yeah. you've got to make decisions. It was a great, I love drafting events, you know, with magic, mm -hmm. you know, it's always fun because you got to make some decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the same way there. And you could even see, oh, I think Ryan and I had a dumpling race one time. Yeah, we did. There was, there was like enough dumplings that we, like I saw he had a dumpling and I had a dumpling and I was like, Daniel's not collecting dumplings. And if we let him get all the dumplings, then we're games over all the points. Yeah. So then I just me and him just were trading the dumpling, 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 dumpling between us. And I think one time him and uh, Ryan and Daniel got into a little push, about, you know, because you can't let someone run away with something. Right. Or yeah. No. Yeah. Opportunity cost again. You have to. Yeah. yeah. have to play spoiler. So I'd love to play that with six people. I yeah. don't, how many does it hold, Brian? Can it do six people? I thought it was a one to four game. Was it, it might be a one to four with that. Yeah. I would love to do four people or more. Because but that, we, we definitely can do that on a Friday night Twitch stream. Yes, that oh, we could pop out sushi go. Yeah, I have it. I have it as one of the games in my workshop. We played three right. We played three okay. rounds, which is the three rounds, and you add up points. Yeah. Ten it's minutes, a, fifteen minutes. It was yeah, fun. it was easy. It's a two to five. Yeah, two to five. So I'd love to okay. see it with five people. Yeah, that would be a really good time because it's hard to keep track of that many people at that point. And that, my friends, is all she wrote. Did you guys were busy? That was a oh, busy yeah. con. There are some really great games in there too. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, listeners, there's something in there that struck somebody's chord. Like I said, Transamerica already bought it for someone. I was like, this is a great game. Yeah. And I think it's a great introduction to Euro games. Mm -hmm. it, the, the rules are so light and the idea is so easy. 
but it gets really strategic. That's really cool. Ryan, for your walk away, awesome game. I still really like my Diceborne Heroes, and I'm really yeah. happy got to play that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Good that's game. cool. Good game. I definitely want to make it to BGG Con one day, and they do two conventions in Dallas a year, and they do two cruises a year. They are really rocking it out. I want to do the cruise. I want to do the cruise, too. Because you game while you got nothing to do, and then you go hit the town when you hit the town. That's right. Then we can call up Fernando when we hit his town and be like, what's up? Let's party. I love it. All right. That's, 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 we got to do that. We got we to gotta organize the HSG, B, uh, you know, BGG Con <laughs> cruise. We'll bring, our own, we'll bring our own signs and cover up their signs. <laughs> you know, the, uh, uh, the easels will just like plop our stuff over their stuff and then take it down when we leave. That's right. <laughs> Okay. Over all their stuff. Th- things things we can do. Things we'll do. All right. Well, let's go ahead and work on wrapping this up. This has been a really fun conversation about a lot of really cool games and just a great little con, you know, like that's just awesome. I'm glad you guys did it again and that it was even bigger this year for you than it was last year. 100%. Well, everyone, thanks a ton for listening. Ryan, dude, thanks so much for coming back and talking about these games and sharing your insights with, with us and, and the audience. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me back. I uh, really enjoyed it. And this was a great conversation. This time has just flown by for me. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks a ton for listening. As always, have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. Everything is awesome. (laughs) I love that movie. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Guillory. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. And if you like our style, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly, though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you. Oh, well, no, it is moving. Look at it. (laughs) 